See you in a minute. <laughs> what I really could use <laughs> is a personal shopper. One who knows what I need, what's going to look great on me, and not break the bank. I mean, how am I supposed to pick out the perfect outfit for work, carpooling the kids, and maybe a night out with my husband, and all stay within my credit card limit? <laughs> a couple months ago, I was shopping at White House Black Market, and I got up to the counter and I pulled out my Discover card, only to discover that, well, let's just say that it was very embarrassing and I won't be showing my face there anytime soon. Oh, the other thing is, it's like when I'm shopping for clothes, I don't know about you, but my body, it just seems to swell. I don't, it, it puffs up. And, and then all the blood rushes from my face and my brain, and I'm just like, oh, okay. It's probably just my diet and the fact that I'm terribly out of shape. But come on. I can't even get Vera Wayne to look good on me. Oh, and by the way, thanks for the offer, but there is no way I'm yelling out to that Valerie girl that I need a larger size. <laughs> Trust me, I've learned from experience. Sound travels really well in these fit-in rooms. But you know, honestly, what I really hate about trying on clothes is that it reminds me that I'm not sure I know who I'm supposed to be anymore. I mean, it took me a while, but I finally figured out that clothes have a way of disguising who I really am. <laughs> now, I don't mean to go all wardrobe wacky on you, but it's true. Clothes conceal the true you. Like, for instance, I show up at work, and I'm in my power suit, and I get immediate respect. I mean, I have my own office. I have my own assistant. I even get to help consult on corporate-wide decisions. But yet, when I show up at home, <laughs> if it weren't for the dog, no one would even know I arrived. Nobody. Oh, a couple weeks ago, my uh, my husband, Glenn, and I, we went out with a couple friends, which is very rare. But anyways, I had on, you know, the perfect jeans and sweater. You know, the kind that you just feel good in no matter what. Like, like I had it all together, and I'm so happy. <laughs> I would have even guessed that I'm not even sure I still love my husband anymore. In church, <laughs> don't even get me started on what to wear to church. <laughs> I know, I know. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins, but <laughs> honey, so do attractive clothes. You know, I just wish, just for one day, that I could be me. That the real me, the true me, would not be covered up. That... I could pull on that old sweatshirt and worn out blue jeans and not even care what anybody thought. That I, I could wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and like who I see. I just wish just for once that I could stop pretending and expose my true self. My hurts, my insecurities, frustrations, fears. 
getting to be that I'm not even honest with myself anymore. Yet, I don't even know where I would begin. <laughs> and these clothes aren't going to help. character in our drama says to herself, I just want to be able to look in the mirror and like what I see. And so let me ask you a question tonight. When you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? I mean, not whether or not you like your receding hairline or your love handles or fresh pimple or crow's feet around your eyes, do you like what you see? Maybe the better question to ask is not do you like what you see, but do you like who you see when you look in the mirror? I think that's a question that all of us can consider this evening, but not all of us are willing to take the time to stand and really evaluate who we are and what does it mean to be a follower of Christ. Tonight we are concluding our three-week series. We're stretched over four weeks. Uh, so you think you're a Christian. And remember a couple of weeks ago when we first began the series, Pastor Sam asked us the straight-up question, are we followers of Jesus or not? And the question was very simple, yes or no. In the same way, do you, do you know Spanish or do you, do you not know Spanish? Do you play the violin or do you not play the violin? Yes or no with our options. And after that, we looked at the, the fact that when we do confess that profession that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that something has to change about us, that something uh, needs to, uh, as we develop and we follow Jesus, something needs to change in us, and it begins in our heart. And tonight we're going to look at what does it really mean to live out a life where the behaviors that we engage in, the things that we think, the things that we do, actually line up with the confession that we make. Do our, does our behavior match our beliefs? Now, just as we get started tonight, I know this, this morning um, it, it felt this way, so probably this evening it'll feel the same way. This is not cupcakes and confetti like it was last week. This isn't happy clappy. This isn't all feel-good stuff. But this is something that we need to consider. When we think about ourselves, when we look in the mirror, do we like what we see when we're followers of Christ? Do we like who we see as followers of Christ? You know, next uh, April, I guess, or this coming up April, in just a couple of months, I will have been a follower of Jesus, where I made my own personal commitment to Christ 20 years ago in April. And as I got to thinking about the question that I'm posing to you this evening, do I like what I see? Do I like who I see? I'm grateful that I can look back over the past 20 years and see that there's t times in my life where, yes, in fact, I have changed and, and, and God has whittled off some rough edges in my life. And through, through following him and reading the Bible, I am a different person than I was 20 years ago. And I'm, hopefully I'm more like Jesus. But I also can look back in, in my own life and see that there's some things that I still continue to do. I can look back and see that there, there's, there's some filth and some garbage that still lingers in my life. And I'm wondering, okay, what, what is it about this? You think by after 20 years, I'd be able to have this thing figured out. I'd be able to, to know what it means to follow Jesus. And whether you've been a follower of Jesus for a year or six months or, or 10 years or 20 years, or maybe you're still just investigating what that means, there's something that needs to change in us as we become followers of Jesus, our behaviors much li must line up with our beliefs. But so often, that's, that's not the case, right? Isn't that true? 
And as I was preparing for this message, I, I kept on thinking back to the Apostle Paul, who was responsible for writing two-thirds of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, the guy who was so close to God that he gave up his life for the cause of, the, of, of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, who was, before he gave up his life, he was thrown into prison, and he was beaten, and he was battered, and he was bruised, and he was shipwrecked. He went through a lot of stuff. And we come to what he says in, in, in Romans chapter 7. Let me just read this. It's going to be on the screen behind me. It says, For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, now does that resonate with anybody? Right? We, we think about that, that phrase. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking if Paul can't get it right, if Paul, the Apostle Paul, can't get it right, can I get it right? Will I ever get it right? Because let's face it, we've all been there before. We've all made a commitment, okay, in this situation, I am not going to lose my patience, and we find ourselves losing our patience. We, we promise ourselves that we're not going to tell any more white lies, and we, yet we find ourselves stretching the truth. We tell ourselves that we're not going to get angry, and we blow up unnecessarily. How, how many times have you put your head down at the pill, on the pillow at night maybe going to sleep with a little bit of regret for the way that you handled the situation, and maybe you were concerned about a relationship that maybe was severed or ruined because of the way that we behaved. How many times has your heart started to race because you realized the car that you were driving had an I Love Southside sticker on the back of it, but your actions that you just did in the public roadway did not com convey that commitment to love others. There are so many times in our lives when our behaviors don't match our beliefs. And, and like Paul, I'm thinking, why is that? What happens? And, and I don't know th this, this connection between how, how do we get it to the point where we're consistently modeling this life of Jesus? And I don't know that we ever can because by nature we're sinners. But I think somewhere along the way what's happened is that we collectively have put, put a, a label or an, an expectation that our behavior is what determines whether or not we're a Christian. But that is counterintuitive. That goes against the model of what Jesus taught. I mean, think about Jesus' pattern when he invited people to follow him. This is exactly models this series of what, of what Sam was talking about. Jesus invited people to follow him. To just come on and belong. Come with me. Just walk alongside me. Belong to my group of people. I want you here. Just to belong. And then after they belonged for a while, they hung out with Jesus, they began to listen to his teachings and listen to him engage with the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees, and they began to pick up some things about who this guy was. And they started to believe him. And that belief made a difference. And once they found that belief, then it, then it translated into behavior. But our model that we think is, no, it's all inverted. We think, no, you have to behave a certain way before you can first belong. I mean, think about some of the... the, the um, impressions that people make on us. Maybe they have green hair, or maybe, maybe they don't vote the same way we do, or maybe they listen to music that we would never listen to or let our kids listen to, or, or, or perhaps they, they don't live the lifestyle that we would think would be acceptable before God. And so we, we have this, this perception that, no, you have to behave right before you can belong. And what happens when we project that on other people? We also begin to project that on ourselves. And that's why I think we get stuck in the middle of not being able to break through all the time when we want to, to become more like Jesus because we're so stuck on our behavior that what we try to do is rather than just 
kind of walk along with Jesus and, and understand his teaching, we, we spend so much time trying to fix our behavior. And what that leads to is us wearing masks. Masks of deceit. Masks that put off an image that really isn't true about who we are. But we do that because we're so concerned that that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so we, we live these double lifestyles with masks. See, masks at first, are, we, we put those on so that, so that we can impress other people. But if you, if you, if, if, when you wear a mask for too long, you start to convince yourself that that's really who you are. It's why our behaviors don't always match our beliefs. Because we know on a, when we come in here on a Sunday night or on a Sunday morning, or when we read our Bible or when we're in our growth groups or when we're with other Christian people, we can act a certain way. We know how to do that really, really well and sometimes probably too well. Where we can think, I know, I know the protocol. I know the language. I, I know what's expected of me. And we wear this mask. Because what happens then is we can leave this place, we can leave the influence of our, our, our Christian friends, we can leave our growth group, and we can go out of town on a business trip and act any way that we want to, and nobody would even know. It, it's why you could go and you could begin to start a relationship at the office with somebody who is not your spouse, an inappropriate relationship. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a dichotomy between who we say that we are and what, who we really are. See, but these, these masks that we put on it and focuses so much on behavior, it's, it's why you can go to school and you can, be, you, can, you, can, you can be a bully at school, but you can come here and, and you can celebrate God and say, yes, he's great, and yes, he's awesome. You, you see, these masks have, have a way of distorting the reality of what Jesus did for us. It has a way of distorting the fact of how much we need his grace and how much we need his love and how much we need his forgiveness. And it's destroying us on the inside. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23, Jesus is having a field day with the Pharisees. He is really taking them to task for their behaviors. If you don't think about the Pharisees, they, they lived a very self-righteous life. They, they didn't... Um, they wouldn't be considered, I guess, followers of Jesus. They had, all the, they had all the right protocol down, but they didn't have the heart right. They knew how to adjust their behavior, but their hearts were never transformed. And Jesus, at the end of this diatribe against the, the Pharisees, says in verse 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. It's kind of where we, we get the word actor from, this, this Greek word, hypocrites. You fakers, you artificial individuals, you phonies. He says, you are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. We, we know what goes in a coffin, and sometimes you can see they look really, really nice, but inside things are dead and they're wasting away. It reminded me of last week when, I, when it was nice outside. I got my car washed, took it to Mike's car wash. I just didn't get the basic 695 wash, uh-uh, because they told me that because all the salt that's on the road, I needed the underbody fluid wash, you know, wash and all that. So $14.95 later in a 30-second trip through the car wash, not a real great investment, but my car looked really, really good. I mean, it was shining. I mean, the tires were shiny, and I just, I just felt really, really good. In fact, I started to, when I pulled up the stoplights, I started looking at, at other people's cars and going, ha, I got a car wash. You didn't. Well, of course, today came, but my car looked really good. But, but here's the thing. When I was driving down the street, no, nobody could see 
the muffin crumbs that I had it in my cup holder. Nobody could see the, the scrunched up Cheetos that were in the back seat in between the cushions. Nobody saw those things. You see, so oftentimes that's what Jesus is saying is that we can look really good on the outside, but on the inside we're wasting away. Per perhaps tonight you're here and you've been wearing a mask and your life does not look, what's going on in your life doesn't look like the image that you portray. Maybe, maybe it's an eating disorder. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a, a thought pattern that you wish you could just get rid of. Maybe it's some bad habits. But we're all gripped with, with something. Maybe it's not even that significant. Maybe it's just you have a, a gossip issue. You wear this, this mask of, of, and you're, of being pure, but you're a gossip at work. Whatever it might be, we all wear these masks. And what happens when we don't remove the mask and take a look in the mirror at what's going on inside of our lives, we begin to waste away and we begin to die. And Jesus continues. Verse 28, in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You see, there's something about it when we continue to wear these masks all the time that people get an impression of. That's why we can come to church and think, oh, yeah, every, every, everyone who's gathered here tonight, they're, they're followers of Jesus, and they're living the life. And if, if we're not careful, we start to maybe we know who we are, and so we start to compare ourselves to, to others. But there's becomes an expect, or there becomes a yeah an expectation or an impression that you have of people when when you see them in their context of the, the Christian environment. Like I would imagine that because I happen to have the title of the creative arts pastor here at Livingstone's Church, that you probably think think certain things about me. Like it's possible that you think that that every day I read my Bible, and it's possible that you think that I never yell at my children. It's possible that that you think that I have a, a regimented prayer life. It's possible that you think that I always think pure thoughts. It's possible that you always think that I never say a harsh word to my wife. But you would be wrong on all of those accounts, regardless of whether I'm a pastor or not. I don't tuck my kids into bed at night with three hymns and a couple of you know, scripture readings. That's not the way we do it. Usually at night, I'm pretty tired. I want to just have them go to bed, and I want to go to bed. I don't know. I'm not always as kind to my wife. There's days where I miss reading my Bible because I put other things, other priorities ahead of it. But when we wear these masks and we have this impression, we never get to the point of really even, because if your impression of me is that, I'll start to believe that about myself. I'll believe that I'm a pretty good guy. But underneath, there's this filth and there's this garbage and there's this junk that we all have to deal with. But here's what happens, because when we think about that, most of us don't want to look at that. We don't want to see that. We don't want to examine those areas of our lives. But let me go back to what Paul said in Romans after, at the end of that chapter 7. After he said, you know, I can't even get this thing right. My life is no good. This is, this is what Paul says. He said, I am a, um, let's see, I have to find it. I want to, I want to get exactly what he says. Is that on the screen, Chuck, the uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 24 and 25? It's on the back screen now. I can look and shoot. You didn't know we had a back screen, did you? But it says, what a wretched man am I. Who will save me? Who will rescue me from this body of death? But thanks be to God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, Paul understood that he couldn't do this on his own. But, he, you know, in fact, he found a freedom when he took off his mask. Because when he took off his mask, he, he understood something. He understood the idea that he was so bad, he was so depraved, he was so wicked, he was so full of trash and junk and garbage, and yet, and yet, 
God still loved him. That God sent Jesus for him in, in the midst of where he was. You see, I don't know exactly how to explain that, but when we find ourselves being loved when we're at our worst, that doesn't inspire us to get even worse off. That doesn't inspire you to do more wicked things. No, that would encourage us to actually change our behavior and become more like Jesus because, after all, if he did this for me over here, how much better might it be over here when I'm actually walking with him and doing what he wants me to do and following him more closely? If, if God loves us over here when there's nothing that we could ever do to earn his favor and there's nothing over here that we could do that would ever cause us to lose his love, if that's the reality right here at this moment, and how much different will it be when we're over here? So that doesn't keep us there to go just kind of throw up your hand and go, I guess just, I'm, I'm just wicked. I, you know, I can't help myself. You know, I, I didn't really mean to look at that. I didn't really try to say those harsh words. No, we don't do that over there because when we find ourselves, we know how much God loves us in this place. It compels us to want to live more like him. But it all begins with taking off the mask first. And sometimes that's the hard part because we have a, image to keep up, an image to uphold. We have people to impress. I mean, after all, I am a pastor. But the solution is, is not to hold on to that mask, but to be able to surrender that up to Jesus. Whatever it is that you're trying to cover up, he'll take it. That's what he wants us to come. In Psalm 51, it says, what, is the God, what does God require of us? What does he expect? He doesn't want these fancy sacrifices. He doesn't care if we lift our hands. He wants a broken and contrite heart, a heart that recognizes the sins that we've committed that are offensive to God, that have separated us from him. That's what he wants. And that begins when we look in the mirror to see who we really are. So if you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, then it's probably time to take off a mask. And it begins simply by surrendering want you to, to do something tonight. All of you probably have areas that you could surrender back to God, things that are, are keeping you from a, a relationship with him, things where your behaviors don't conform with your beliefs, your lifestyle doesn't match up what you confess. We all have those areas in our life. And so if, you, if you'd be willing, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And while we're praying, I just want you to hold your hands up like this as an act of surrender. If you choose to, if there's something that you want to let go, just while I pray, you put your hands up in there. And I, I trust that as we let go, then God begins to enter into those times. He gives us the courage to be able to, re, to us be able to take off our mask. And then we can know how much that we are dearly loved. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, taken this posture of surrender where our palms are turned upward and we're offering to you all the junk and the trash in our life. Father, it's not easy for us to take off the mask. We've been wearing them for too long. And you know, we know that your word says that you see right through to the heart. So we haven't kept anything from you. We keep no secrets. You see those areas of our lives where we're disappointing to you. And those, even in those moments when we can't even fathom or understand how much you love us. So with palms up, God, we say, take this.
Whatever it is that we need to surrender, we give this to you now. And in place of what we give to you, we ask that you would replace it with a sense of courage and commitment to do the right thing. We ask that you would replace it with a desire and a hunger and a love to serve you more. God, I know that just in one evening that we can't just give it all to you. It's difficult. We've been living this way for too long. So, Father, it's my prayer that for each of us here tonight, we'd be willing to surrender, palms up every morning, and ask you to come into our lives and fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit that helps us to live a life that is honoring and pleasing to you. For your word says that you are the vine and that we are the branches. And if we abide in you, we will bear much fruit. Help us, give us the desire to surrender what we have and to become part of the vine so that we may live lives that bring you honor and bring you glory. In Jesus' name. Tonight you may have come in with something that happened to you this week. Maybe it was something that happened during the message tonight that you just thought, you know what, I don't want to leave here with that. I don't want to be the same as I was when I came in here. I need to talk to somebody. I'd like to pray with somebody. You know, there's too much on my plate. Now, I want to surrender, but maybe I just can't. Maybe what you need to do is just be able to, to talk with someone. Um, we're going to conclude in just a moment, and at the end of the service, there will be there will be some elders and people from our prayer team up in front. Don't don't leave with what you came in with. If you need to talk to somebody, um, we will be here to to pray with you and to encourage you the best that we can. So, have a great week. Be blessed. Honor God with your lives. Have a good evening.